He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Yeah, you know, hospitality has been a passion of mine, you know, since growing up. I think I... I've always been passionate about architecture, design, spaces, finding the best coffee shop. Uh, almost went to school for architecture, but uh, hospitality kind of manifested itself in appreciation for hotels and quality. And that's where I found myself today and how I, and why I started Locale. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. What's up, all my Slick Talkers? This episode is brought to you by my friends at Hostfully. Now, these are the days where enough is enough with managing multiple calendars for your properties in order just to make sure you don't get double booked. And not having a website for your guests to get to know your story and book direct? You can stop stressing, at least a little bit, and check out my friends at Hostfully. Hostfully was created by hosts for hosts, and they understand the importance of centralizing operations, inboxes, calendars, and of course, keeping up with the times and the industry data. You can go to hostfully.com, use my code SLICKTALK20 to get access to their digital guidebooks and their property management software. I use them as well, and I love the simplicity of their product. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now sit back and enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, and I'm your host, Will Slickers. Today is a special day, as always, because we have an amazing guest on the show, and today joining me is Nitesh Gandhi, who is the CEO and founder of Locale. So, Nitesh, welcome to Slick Talk, my man. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, it's been uh, been great uh, getting to know you behind the scenes. Of course, you know, all my um, audience members know that I usually have a pre-chat before recording and just getting to know your story a little bit um, has been really awesome and exciting to see. So I just want to jump right in with you. Tell us about where you got started, what your background is, and what are the moments leading up today uh, where you started Locale and, and where we are? Yeah, totally. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks again for having me. Um, you know, for me, the the road to Locale was, it's been a long time in the making. Uh, actually, you know, I almost thought I was going to go to architecture school in high school. Just uh, have always been passionate about design, buildings, and found myself actually going pre-professional and realizing after five years of working as a management consultant that I was just missing something. And it took a minute, but after, you know, a lifelong of travel, especially as a consultant, and hitting the road globally, um, realized that hotels was just a passion of mine that I wanted to explore professionally and decided to get my uh, MBA and focus on real estate. So I was at Wharton for a couple of years. This is back in 2012. 
um, and decided to not go back to consulting, but take an internship with a hospitality group in, in Philadelphia, Hershey Hospitality, worked with their boutique hotel collection of hotels. And, you know, it was the start of a path that took me down um, hotel asset management, managing some of the largest uh, hotel brands in the world uh, for a few years and ultimately to, to Austin, Texas, where I got into short-term rentals um, for a year with Oasis and uh, found myself wanting to, to do my own thing in hospitality. Well, I find it interesting because you, you started out as consultant to then intern, and then you started from, which is, I find rare, you, you, you know, you know, uh, you and I are, I find like in the hotel hospitality, short-term rental industry, a kind of rare breed where we come from hotels and then we segue into short-term rentals. Um, usually people stick with one or the other. They don't, at least I would say before 2020, let's say that before 2020 it was rare that people were like, Oh yeah, I was a hotel manager for ten years, and I became a short-term rental operator or whatever. Um, versus now, where we're seeing that blend kind of happen a lot more. Uh, so, tell me about that. Like, what was so intriguing for you to? Oh, it's going to be a two-part question here. Uh, going from consultant to intern, what was that transition like? And then from uh, hotels to short-term rental, what was your thought process and and thinking behind that when you came looking at comparing the two? You know, uh, hotel type of property and then short-term rental type property. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I'll say that, you know, to frame it all back when I was living in New York as a consultant, and this was, you know, 20 to date myself, 2008, 2009, um, when I actually decided I was going to go to business school, um, I put my Airbnb, my apartment on Airbnb. And you know, that was what, 15, 15 years ago now or something. I must have been one of the early adopters. Um, and so I've always been drawn, you know, I think there's something about short-term rentals and Airbnb and kind of sharing your space that, you know, I've always been drawn to. I made sure my space was spark and clean, took the best photos. And, you know, that was personally for me, that was motivating. Um, and I think I started realizing doing all that, you know, the, the reason I've always been attracted to hospitality, you know, I was on a good path in consulting, you know, going to Wharton, it could have had a pretty lucrative career had I gone back into consulting, yeah. but you know, at some point you find your passion and you realize that now is a good time as ever to hit reset. And I didn't know anything about hotels other than just my, you know, being a traveler like everybody else. I didn't know anything about hospitality professionally and, you know, starting at the front desk and working my way up wasn't really an option kind of approaching my thirties, but, uh, uh, you know, interning with one of the most successful hotel REITs in the country who happened to be based in the same city I was, uh, working with their CEO on their boutique hotel collection. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't really pass that up because for me, it was a way to to kind of reset and almost take a short circuit into getting into the industry I've always wanted to, mm -hmm. to be in. And so that's why I kind of ditched the consultancy, um, you know, said goodbye to all my Starwood points that I've accumulated <laughs> for five years. And uh, yeah, that that's what led me to, you know, ultimately realize it's what I want to do internships a great way to just try something out before you know taking a full-time job and regretting it yeah um but it was very clear to me after that summer that you know post mba i wanted to find a job in the world of real estate and hotels uh and learn the business yeah i was gonna say and that's a rare opportunity to be able to kind of get that mentorship right out the gate with a ceo and that's you know got a high-end collection of boutique properties like 
that's, I think, uh, an opportunity most uh, front desk agents or even managers or directors of room and revenue like would kill for. So the fact that you, you were able to get into that transition so quick and just kind of start out the gate with a really strong foot um, shows a lot, too, as well. So I think it's pretty... Mentorship, I just find really, it was rare, like for me, when I was a front desk agent. It's like, all right, we have, you know, 500 check-ins today. I don't have time to, like, have you in the office and talk to you about, you know, X, Y, and Z things. Uh, you got to get these 500 right. check-ins done. Um, and so to have that, it's pretty sweet. Um, no, I felt, yeah, I felt, you know, I'd say I felt lucky also because, you know, hospitality is one of those businesses people grow up in, mm-hmm. usually. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of outsiders come in, you know, halfway through their career. But, uh, I think the mentorship paired with, you know, people, it's hospitality, you know, of course they're going to welcome new people in. And Mm -hmm. I think you're spot on. The mentorship was key there. Well, you also mentioned, um, Oasis collection and we've had Parker Stanberry on the show before and love Parker, uh, and what they've built. So kind of tell us about that. Like, so you, you put your apartment on Airbnb when you were doing this internship, uh, correct. And then, yeah, it was a little before. Um, and then, I, you know, I went to go work for a hotel uh, investment uh, firm out in California for a couple mm-hmm. of years in San Francisco. And that's when I really got to know the hotel business. And yeah. I think after a couple of years of doing that, and, you know, my, my wife and I, we're from Texas, from Houston. We, you know, she went to school in Austin. And so we, had, we were kind of focused on, all right, let's get to Austin. And this was uh, six, seven years ago. Okay. Um, everybody's, <laughs> seems like everybody's focused on getting to Austin now, <laughs> <Yeah>. but uh <laughs> It, it was, we, we got here and I, you know, no job, nothing, knowing that I just kind of worked in hotels, was trying to figure out, I, you know, was close to joining the team at HomeAway. Mm. Um, you know, they're based in Austin at the time. Yeah. Uh, it was now Verbo, you know, Expedia and all that. Um, but I also got to know Oasis and they were looking at launching in, in Texas and Parker's from Texas and I think Austin, you know, soft spot for him. Yeah. Um, so I got to know the team there and, you know, realized that working with them would give me exposure to the other side of hospitality, short-term rentals, which I had as obviously a host on Airbnb, but, you know, I kind of learned the hotel business, but I really hadn't learned the other side of hospitality and, and accommodations. And so that was the main motivator was, you know, learn the business really liked Parker and the team thought they were building something pretty special mm-hmm. uh, and kind of having the opportunity to launch their presence in Texas, I thought it would, would be a good way for me also to, to kind of look under the hood and yeah. um, learn more about the short-term rental business. Well, what um, I guess what stood out to you from the hotel world, moving into the short-term rental world from managing, you know, assets as a hotel portfolio manager, but then also as a host. That's what I'm kind of curious about because I think a lot of people, we see a lot of, um, you know, if you're on Clubhouse or, you know, these Facebook groups all over the place, a lot of people are actually into more like the real estate investment side of the short-term rental industry. Just like the hotel side, there's that, you know, whole segment of people that are just looking at real estate assets and and management. but then there's that side of the host where you were for your apartment and stuff uh, where you're, you just want a clean place. You want someone you know to have a comfortable stay. You want good pictures. So that way you get, you know, good ROI on your nightly rate and all that good stuff. Um, so what was like that, that transition like for you going in between like both asset management, but then a host style? Yeah, it was, it was eye opening. Um, you know, some of the hotels that, I was managing had 800, 
you know, rooms. I mean, there were massive big box hotels where, you know, consistencies and probably, I hate to say cookie cutter because, you know, the hotel industry deserves more credit than that. But, you know, there's hundreds of rooms and, you know, 20, 30 room types, but you have to be consistent. It's a massive operation with hundreds of employees. Yep. Uh, to deliver this consistent experience, right? And that's what people expect in hotels is consistency. Yeah. Uh, you kind of know what you're going to get. Um, it's safe, it's reliable. And um, I, I think, you know, in in spending at least the first few weeks at Oasis and trying to launch, in launching the business in Austin, for example, you know, in the first two months, I brought on almost 80 homes into wow. onto the platform and had a lot of conversations with hosts um, and this was, you know, a few years after I was obviously hosting in New York, uh, but it's, it's extremely personal, you know, every home had a different owner with different standards. Um, and so consistency was tough, Yeah. but you're working with a lot of primary and secondary homes. Um, people were attached to their guests, they were attached to their reviews and, you know, every, every home had its own story. And I think that's what made, makes a successful host and you know oasis was trying to overlay a consistent brand experience on top of pretty individual homes and that yeah. you know was already one of the tough challenges i saw uh, just on how you kind of marry a hotel with short-term rentals if you're trying to do it at scale and bring consistency it's tough for a, a vacation rental manager and brand to do that when every home is different every owner is different and um you know, it was really eye-opening and I think learned a lot on just how to kind of scale an operation and try to, you know, find the middle ground yeah. between both. And I mean, effectively that, that was part of the reason why I started Locale. And I think that's what a lot of these hybrid, you know, apart hotel service department type players are kind of trying to tackle is that consistency and quality with, with the short-term rental, obviously. Yeah. I was, that was just leading into my next question, which is, which is great. So for us, like we're, I think I told you I have a vacation rental management company too, and we're very, very new, very small. Like, but um, like you said, the every home is different, but there are certain things we can do as a company in order, like as we're bringing on owners. And I've had this conversation multiple times with multiple owners, multiple, you know, same conversation over and over. Uh, but it's like implementing a, some kind of basic standard, saying you know, the linens need to be white. Uh, we need to have you know x amount of par per linen and per towel and all this other stuff. We want. Uh, uh, remote like uh keypad doors and all this other stuff um so for you guys with locale how do you go about that um creating that consistency but brand standard but then also adding that flair of uniqueness what's been like that secret sauce for you definitely and and you're right i mean every home is different and the reality is every apartment building is different and a lot of the apartments that work they're different so those those challenges are still there but you know you can overlay a brand and consistency there. And so for us and, and how I started thinking about it early at locale was, yeah, the basics, right. Consistent products, yeah. um, you know, from linens to bath amenities to coffees and teas and, you know, the same dishware and, and bringing consistency as a manager, especially since we were investing in the apartments themselves yeah. uh, to be able to, you know, bulk order something and have the flexibility to replace it across various apartments is critical. Um, so there was obviously consistency in product and something I've always been passionate about. Like I've always been drawn to the boutique hotels to kind of, you know, high quality stays. And that doesn't necessarily mean luxury, you know, quality doesn't have to be a five-star experience. You could have a quality four-star experience also. Yeah. 
Um, but, you know, every independent hotel is different, but again, it has those consistency in product, um, consistency in service. Um, you know, if you're offering 24 seven check-in and, and, and service, someone can text you at any time that needs to be consistent, no matter what apartment you're checking into or what city you're staying at. Um, I think the design and, 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 you know, most nearly all of our one bedrooms have sleeper sofas in them. We made that decision really early on to just, you know, I have a family. I traveled in Europe a few years ago. We stayed at a park hotels. There's just something really valuable about having various sleeping areas, especially when you have kids. And so we made the decision pretty early on that look, most of our apartments are going to have sleeper sofas and we're going to be able to accommodate, you know, a family of four pretty easily, even if they just want to book a one bedroom. But, um, you know, offering, you know, that as a brand standard is important. So we really went through kind of the furniture to the design, to the decor, to the products, um, to how you check in. And, and so many of those things can be, uh, kind of thought of the same way, even if, you know, the building happens to be in downtown Austin or in music row in Nashville, um, doesn't matter. You can hold those things consistent. And I think what we found too, is that, you know, early on, we established a presence in Austin and Houston and Dallas. Uh, we were getting a lot of folks traveling between the three cities, often on road trips, mm-hmm. uh, you know, weekday business travelers. Um, and they really, you know, once they had a successful stay with us early on in Austin, they were seeking us out in, in Houston and appreciated yeah. that it was the same number they were texting. You know, it was the same lock that they were using, smart lock. Yep. Um, and they really didn't have to think about it. Uh, and then that's when it kind of dawned on me too, that consistency is key. Uh, if the experience is just made easy. Yeah. Well, I love that you just said that and that literally gave me like goosebumps. Consistency is key. I love it. Um, no, that's really cool. So I have a question for you focused on, because I I'm focused like on whole home rental. I've never really gotten to the multifamily space other than with like a consulting project here and there. But my question to you is, so with COVID, how was that, how that ha- like what happened with you guys in the beginning of 2020 when kind of the whole world shut down? And then also, you know, did that, like, were you guys on a master lease model? Were you at a rev share model? Um, and what's been like the changes for that? Because like you said, you're investing in these apartments, especially if you're furnishing them, you're designing them, you're bringing that brand standard. But then another question to me would be um, for the tech, like, how has that tech side been built for you guys? What, what were some early on stages that got you guys to where you are today to enable like that smooth experience for the guest? Yeah. Uh, well, on the first, on the first bit, you know, COVID was an impact. There's, there's no doubt about it. Just like it impacted you know, every hotel, every vacation rental, every company, really. Um, we had built the company via a master lease model prior to COVID. And, you know, the plan I would say coming, especially from the hotel industry, you know, master leases do exist in the hotel industry. I mean, people don't really know that, but the reality is a lot of brands and operators will master lease and overlay. I mean, they have years and thousands of, you know, hundreds of thousands of rooms and data points to, I think, pretty credibly make that calculation, big balance sheets. And so it's different from a startup, obviously, master leasing sometimes, but uh, the models used in hospitality, you know, leases are in restaurants and they're everywhere. Yep. And so the goal was always to kind of control our domain by being the lessee, uh, growing the business, but exploring different paths, whether it was going asset heavy in the real estate itself or pulling back and becoming a brand 
uh, and a management company because those, you know, in the industry, that's where the highest multiples are. Those are the most profitable companies and, you know, the assets are already there. So why not overlay on top of it? 100%. And so I, I think it was always a means to an end. Um, COVID accelerated the transition for us, just like it did most of our peers, not all. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we were managing, we were, you know, a few hundred apartments. We were on master leases across, you know, six or seven cities. COVID hit, we pulled back pretty dramatically, um, you know, our unit count. And, we, you know, we took it as an opportunity to, well, really have the conversation with all of our partners that now is the time for us to transition more into a revenue share management agreement where, you know, we think we could really generate more for you under this model than a typical lease. And if you give us the time to prove it out, yeah. we will. We're pretty confident about it. And I think the benefit of, you know, like we, we haven't raised as much money as most of our peers. I've generally been kind of always a fan of slower and steady growth. You know, for the first year and a half, we were bootstrapped. So yeah. you know, we didn't start the company by raising money. Um, and I think the result is we've developed really strong relationships with our partners, with our landlord partners, yeah. our, the managers of our buildings. And so kind of in April and May was able to sit down and have kind of real conversations with all of the buildings, all of the owners about how we can kind of get through this together. And so I think it kind of helped us being a little bit smaller and leaner and yeah. we didn't have to, you know, it's hurt a few of the companies that were larger that having a thousand of those conversations, pretty difficult yeah. for us having 20, we were able to come to kind of hybrid agreements with our partners, you know, get some breaks through the first few months of COVID when it was pretty rough. And then as things started to pick back up, was able to really generate true value for these guys under um, our ref share model. And, you know, the reality is even at the end of last year, we've been driving more revenue to landlords under our management agreement and ref share than we were on market rate leases. And as a result, we've increased the amount of those agreements we've done. Uh, and so it's been pretty eye-opening yeah. for them and for us. But I, I think COVID, you know, silver lining, has been for us to kind of accelerate the transition to the asset light model and still provide a lot of value for our kind of multifamily landlord partners, yeah. but also our guests who haven't really seen a, a single kind of hiccup in the, you know, nothing's changed on the experience. Yeah. And, and in fact, I think they've appreciated it more in COVID, but they, you know, whether it's a master lease or a management model, nothing has changed. Our service scores have been high and, you know, the guest experience is still fundamentally the same. And I think that's been the most important thing that the business structure doesn't necessarily need to impact yeah. um, the guest experience. And I think, you know, in a way it's been stronger because now we're working side by side with our property managers and the leasing office to ensure a great experience, because if we do we share the revenue. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's worked out pretty well, but that's, that's, you know, COVID was, was, it was something else. And, you know, <laughs> I, I hate to say past tense because we're all still dealing with it, but uh, I, I think we've adapted pretty well. I do too. I, I, that's pretty inspirational, to be honest. Um, just to hear you say, you know, the business model shouldn't, exp you know, impact the guest experience. That's um, a pretty, I think a lot of people don't say that. Like, ne they've never said it that way, but I think they, you know, definitely try to, like, ensure that that doesn't happen. But just to hear those words, you know, the, Business model, master lease, rev share shouldn't impact the guest experience. It's pretty, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, when it comes to the tech side of, of stuff, though, uh, you guys have been 
so you said it was bootstrap. So I'm assuming you're using some, you know, other softwares and tech enabled um, amenities to help, you know, guys get your, your brand and your business operating. So are you building out your own tech now, or is this something that you guys are white labeling? What's that look like for a tech enabled slash hospitality focused company? Yeah, we've, we've always um, kind of gone down the third party tech route and, you know, I'll be the first to admit it that, you know, for us at a small stage, having been bootstrapped to build our tech from day one, obviously not the highest and best use of, of raising capital, especially when there's such good technology out there. And, you know, we, we used early days, we went down the path of vacation rental software and, you know, coming from Oasis and others felt like that was the right time as, as things have become more sophisticated, you know, Airbnb tapped into major distribution channels. You know, we were able to tap into more hotel oriented software because, you know, when you're running 30 or 40 apartments in a building with three room types, you really need the, the power of a, you know, hotel platform yeah. to be able to fully monetize that and do it efficiently. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've, we've gone kind of, we, we really use a hybrid of hotel oriented tools and vacation rental oriented tools. I'd say there's probably like 10 core systems in our, our ecosystem yeah. uh, or 10, you know, vendors or brands that we use in our ecosystem to kind of power the locale business and platform. Yeah. Um, you know, it's connected in a unique way that I, I know we do. Um, you know, as of now, we haven't really built our own technology around that, but it is something that we're actively exploring. I mean, I think the focus has been on, you know, first and foremost, ensuring a phenomenal guest experience, um, you know, focusing on our service scores, driving repeat business, ensuring high occupancy, high nightly rates. And, you know, I think once you do that, then investing in the right technology to support and, and augment that is important rather than you know, blowing millions of dollars in technology, ultimately that is, may not be the right technology. 100%. And so that, that's how I kind of thought about it from the beginning. And we, you know, with COVID, we, we leaned up and we became a pretty small team again. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm glad in, in a way that we've been nimble and been able to use the latest and greatest technology because there's been a ton of innovation in the space, even oh, yeah. in the last four years. I mean, the tools that are exist now versus four years ago, I mean, it's night and day, yeah. what you can do uh, with your phone and, and kind of, it, it's incredible. And I'm glad that we've been kind of able to pick and choose the best players to help us build the best ecosystem, you know, rather than kind of wipe the slate clean every time, try to rebuild it every six months. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Good point. Um, now I was actually going to ask, cause yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm very, single family home oriented versus multifamily. So with COVID and the the beginning, I'm, I'm sure, like, like you said, everyone had an impact, but when you now have, let's say 30, 40, 50 apartments, um, you know, or units in an apartment building, um, what's the guests like, is, do you think guests were more hesitant in the beginning to get into a, a space that's more shared occupied building versus kind of like a ho- hotels that everyone didn't want to be in the lobby and don't want to wait in line to check in and, this other stuff um, because hotels were slower to recover. Did you guys see that type of same pattern or since that you were more of a self check-in model, uh, they, they didn't have to wait for the keys in a lobby in a shared space in an elevator with all these other people. Um, did that impact you guys at all or no? Yeah, there's, I mean, the first month everybody was scared, right? <laughs> but I think uh, very quickly our, the product of kind of 
uh, service department showed its strength in the privacy of the space, the comfort, the washer dryer in the room, the kitchen, so you can cook at home. Yeah. You know, all of our buildings have interior access. I think one might have exterior, but, um, you know, not no, no crowded lobbies, you know, no crowded elevators. So the product I think was powerful in the safety and comfort it provided. And very quickly, we capitalize on that messaging and story. And I think our guests naturally realize that. And so, you know, we've been outperforming the hotel industry probably, you know, 3x over the last year. But yeah. that's kind of par for what I think a lot of the, the players in our space and extended state category in general have kind of enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we were uniquely positioned to, to do that. So I, I think, and that's still true. I mean, people, I think, still are now that they've gotten more exposure to alternative accommodations like this, mm-hmm. um, you know, are, are excited to have, you know, six, 700 square feet uh, to kind of work remotely from and kind of sit act- on an actual desk, yeah. uh, you know, make some coffee in the kitchen, sit on a desk and work and, you know, go back into the bedroom, take a nap or whatever. I mean, you can have a, a very kind of different experience than, than a 300 square foot hotel room. And that's just the reality of kind of urban uh, accommodations, yeah. you know, different for resorts, different for vacation rentals, no doubt. But in the urban space, I think our product has really shined and that's helped us kind of outperform over the last year vis-a-vis hotels and um, other urban accommodations. I love that. That's awesome. That's really cool. Well, I always like to ask this question to all my guests uh, as we get ready to wrap up the episode is, you know, what's one piece of advice, a lesson you've learned, anything that you're currently, you know, something that's driving you today, what's that one thing that you would just give any listener that's listening to this episode and one thing that they could take away from this episode uh, in general? Um, Yeah, it doesn't have to be anything specific, but I always like to give that opportunity open. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, over the last year, it's, obviously COVID shook a lot of things up and I think there is something to be said about sticking to your guns. And if you've created a great experience and a great product and, you know, it gets tough for a month or so mm-hmm. believing in that, I think is important and yeah, it's important to be nimble, but it's also important to have faith in kind of what you're doing and not try to, you know, be impacted too much by the noise around you. And I think, you know, in many ways, we could have closed up shop, could have just thrown in the towel, set up, well, we've got all these leases, we're done. You know, we've got two months of runway now. You know, I think we stuck to our guns, had the tough conversations and persevered. And that kind of genuine, relentless focus on believing in what you're doing, people will respond favorably to that. Mm. And they're drawn to that. So um, for me, I think that's what helped get us through the last year. And now in a position where we could uh, kind of regrow the company and, you know, have a lot of optionality now. So stick to your guns, I think is a really important thing. Uh, when, especially when trying to build a business and kind of do something, you know, new and innovative. Yeah. I love that. That's super good. Well, um, where can I obviously always tag everything in the show notes. So all the listeners can find easy access to locale, to you, to all that good stuff. But Where's like the number one spot people can find out more, uh, whether it's your website, your LinkedIn, you name it. Yeah, I uh, can go to locale.com or follow us at 
on Inst- I think you know, Instagram stay with locale. I was like Facebook, ah, Instagram's <laughs> the popular thing nowadays, right? No, yeah. but stay with locale is our is our username on most of the social media channels, locale.com. If they want to check out the website and I'm happy to email us anytime. Hello, locale.com and we'll respond. Awesome. Well, you heard it. Slick talkers, go ahead, check out all the show notes in the, well, check out all the links in the show notes below. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and Atesh, thank you so much for being on slick talk, the hospitality podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I could not be more thankful that you chose my podcast to listen to today. Now, I also couldn't be more thankful for the amazing partners and sponsors I have for the show. We have Hostfully.com, NoiseAware.com, and Safely.com. And you can check out more about my sponsors on the Slick Talk website, where I have the sponsors and partners page. Now, thank you for tuning in and enjoy another episode. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill-out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.